everybody. I'm Debbie Montgomery Johnson, your host of Stand Up and Speak Up, a show that is about each and every one of us. Many of us have something, something we're hiding, something we're ashamed of, something that through no fault of our own or through our own making we keep hidden, and that in turn keeps us hidden from each other and the world. Good people go through terrible situations. Wise people know when and how to let it go. Everything that happens to us helps us grow. And while it may be hard to see it right away, the most important thing to do is to change your perception about your circumstances. Stand Up and Speak Up features ordinary people just like you and me who've been through extraordinary times and found the courage to step out from behind their smiles and speak up about their experiences and the lessons gleaned from them. We are dedicating to encouraging you to remove the mask of embarrassment, shame, and possibly guilt and to being your very best self. And I'm here today. I'm so excited. I have a wonderful guest. Her name is Marsha Grace Tropin, and she's going to tell you where she's from and what she does, but I just want to give you a little bit of a, a, little bit of a tip about who she is. Marsha Grace is a reverend. She's got her BA or an MSc, and she was ordained as an interfaith minister in 1995 and has been a chaplain at Northwell Health in Manhasset. She's been counseling business people since 2007 and teaching her Turn On Your Master Switch program for stressed-out businesswomen, don't know many of them, (laughs) seeking a higher perspective for their businesses and their relationship. She's been a student, a teacher of the medical physical teacher of the metaphysical discipline, A Course in Miracles, for 40 years and is fervent in her desire to help women become aware of their inner wisdom, which will give them all the answers they need for their business and their personal lives. Miss yes. Marsha, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, and thank you for inviting me, Debbie. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, with um, like-minded women, women who are on the path, you know, in this in this time that we're going through, uh, it, it's just it's we've got to hang together, we've got to help each other, and that's why I'm so glad to be here because um, of the wonderful work you're doing in uh, in helping all of us to uh, survive and thrive, you know, through a tough tough time. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm really thrilled to be here. Well, I'm glad, and we are actually uh, Women's Prosperity Network, Sisters by Other Misters, as I call them. That's and, right. And uh, what a great organization of women that has brought us from many parts of the country and parts of the world, actually, uh, to this space. And, you know, we usually meet in person, so we're going through this kind of a strange disconnect in mm. human connection. And yeah. I love your, your topic here, turn on your master switch. I, you know, as I flipped on the light switch this morning, I'm thinking, I wonder what she's going to talk about. So <laughs> I'm going to just put it out there, Marsha. I've listened to some of your Facebook uh, live messages, and I've read some of the things that you've done. But kind of give us an idea of who you are and when you start. How did you get into what you're doing? I always love stories of, you know, how do we get to where we are today? Oh, me too. I, oh, that's the first thing I ask uh, anybody new that I meet because uh, I, I love those stories. It's, they're always so intriguing and different. Everyone is different. Um, I, uh, I, have, I like to say, jokingly, that I've lived several incarnations in the same body. Because when I started out as a, you know, as a kid, when I was a kid, uh, I was extremely shy. I was the product of a divorced 
divorce. My my parents were divorced when I was very little, and uh, that was very odd in that in those days. You know, most most uh, people weren't getting divorced. That wasn't a big thing. I'm going back many moons ago, and um, uh, so I was different, and I always felt that difference, and it made me very shy and very. Um, I just laid back. You know, I, I was an excellent student in school for that reason. I was always the teacher's pet because, um, you know, all the kids made fun of me, so I had to I had kind of hope the teacher at least would be on my side. Uh, I wore glasses because it was a big reader. You know, it's funny. My, what soothed me, and I was going to talk about uh, what soothes us and how to, how to soothe ourselves uh, in a little bit, but what soothed me as a kid was books. I, I was such an incredibly... Uh, just a constant reader, constant reader. And even when my mother would tell me to go to sleep and turn out the light, I would put the book under my covers with a flashlight <laughs> and read <laughs> when I was supposed to be sleeping. So they were my solace. And, um, and then I really started to get a sense of uh, things I could do. But in those days, women just weren't... Uh, weren't allowed to really express themselves as much as we can today. And so I did the usual thing. Um, I, I got married, had a family. But as I did that, I began to find my voice. And that was through my spiritual teaching, which is A Course in Miracles. And I started to teach classes in that. And that helped me to develop myself and my own sense of self-worth, which was really deeply lacking uh, so over the years, that I, I decided that I wanted to be of greater help to people and uh, through a fortuitous circumstance ended up at the new Center for Interfaith uh, Spirituality and became an interfaith minister, which was a blast. I just That was such a wonderful time in my life of learning about all the different religions and philosophies of life and, and studying and learning how to be a minister. So uh, that, was, that was a wonderful experience. And it took me really into developing my writing. And uh, so now I'm an author. I have uh, three books in a series that, I'm, that I've done on the lessons of A Course in Miracles to help make them a little easier to absorb and understand. And uh, I'm working on another book, but I, I'm just involved in a lot of different things. I'm, I'm excited. I get up, up every morning, and uh, I, just, I just say, how can I be of help today? You know, what can I do today to uh, help people to really spread the idea that everything, and this is my tagline, everything begins with a thought. Everything that we, everything we do, everything that's created in the world begins first with a thought. So I always say, watch your thoughts. That is, that is the easiest, simplest clue I can give to anybody is just become aware of what you're thinking because when you do that, you can sit, you, all of a sudden you may realize, oh my Lord, I'm thinking, I'm thinking these awful negative thoughts and they're giving me stomach cramps and headaches and agita and all kinds of things. And, uh, and when we can really capture that and become an observer of it and then ask for a, what I like to say a correction, uh, then we, we can shift that focus and bring ourselves back to a, a place of balance and peace. How, so, do you, how do you start your morning? Do you have a routine? That I you... sure do. Oh, you bet. Okay. <laughs> Tell fact, us about it. 
that's what I've been teaching uh, to my business, my stressed out business women, uh, uh, entrepreneurs and small business owners, uh, is the practice that I've developed over the last, oh, I don't know, 20 years, I guess. Uh, it really all started out with a book that I read when I was in seminary called um, The Relaxation Response. I don't know if you've heard of that one, but it no. was written by uh, a Harvard doctor, Dr. Benson. And because uh, it was in those days, you know, the Beatles and, you know, all these people had gone to India and they came back with meditation and, uh, and all that Eastern stuff. And so he got interested with, you know, in how meditation could help, if it helped. You know, that's he started to do his own research and wrote this book as a result of it. And I, that's what I, I had read that while I, you know, back in the early 80s. And so that started me on this meditation thing, you know, like what is meditation? Um, what does it do? Now, his book was purely from a physiological perspective because he was interested in how it was helpful to our bodies and that it could lower stress in terms of uh, our heart rate, our, um, uh, anxiety, you know, our um, blood pressure and uh, all, all those kind of things so, so that you wouldn't have a heart attack. And so that, that was the first thing. And then... I read some other things. I was doing the course, of, naturally, and that um, taught me a certain type of meditational practice, uh, as well as Julia Cameron. If you're familiar with Julia Cameron's work, The Artist's Way, where she talks about writing morning pages, and uh, so that was another one. And so there were a lot of different influences that led me to, to develop my own type of program for this process. It is a process. When I think of meditation, I really like to call it meditative contemplation because I think a lot of the reasons why people uh, kind of shy away uh, from meditation or they try it and then they're not successful is because they have a pre some preconceived notions. So, you know, um, for instance, when I say, when I ask people, oh, do you, have you ever tried meditation? They'll say, oh, yeah, I tried that a few years ago, um, but I couldn't sit still. Or mm -hmm. um, I, I couldn't stop thinking. And I'll say, and, you know, so this is the kind of things that they'll say. And, and then they don't do it. And that, I, to me, that breaks my heart. It really does. Because, because of those preconceived notions, they've prevented themselves from actually gaining the benefits of a meditation practice in the morning. So that's why I'm really passionate about teaching my process, which I do every day. And uh, if you'd like me to, I mean, I can sort of go through it a little bit. Well, you can because it's interesting. I'm thinking about myself, and, and you said preconceived ideas. Initially, when I hear meditation, I go, oh, that's woo-woo, you know? Because yeah. Yeah. I, I can sit still, but I, you know, for me to, to – Get my control is to, well, I start with my scriptures or my reading or something, and I just kind of quiet, quiet my brain. Um, but I can't sit still like that either, and, and I, I visualize sitting there with your legs crossed and, you know. That's right. Exactly. exactly. And that's that's, just, I can't do that, you know. Right. right. I you could. Don't have to. I chose <laughs> not good, to. That's good news. The good news is you surely do not have to. Uh, what, I mean, I, when, I, when I teach my program, I, I go into a lot of detail, of course, about different methodologies, different ways, because there's so many ways. When people use that word, I mean, meditation today is thrown around by, you know, everybody. And uh, I, I don't think, unless you're living under a rock, uh, you haven't heard about it from somebody, because it, when, when coaches start teaching their uh, football players how to meditate, you know it's in the mainstream. <laughs> so. Right, exactly. 
Yeah, there's even a, a book out by um, uh, a representative in Congress who wrote a book about meditation. And so, uh, so yeah, so it's, it's uh, and everybody has a different take on it. And that's why, to me, I, I kind of like to say meditative contemplation because it kind of makes it sound a little different uh, so you don't get scared away because, again, if you think that you have to cl- clear your mind of all your thoughts, who can do that? You Nobody. Can't. You know, you can't. I mean, unless you're, you know, you're really a um, uh, yogi in, in India someplace. I don't know. Maybe you, they can do that, but that's not the purpose. For me, and, and I think it revolves around what the purpose is. What is your purpose in meditation? You know, we, I think you need to ask yourself that first. And then once you uh, can decide that, well, my purpose, and hopefully this is true, that your purpose is to be healthy, to stay calm in the midst of the storm that we're experiencing right now. And by the way, that's the name of my Facebook Live that I do every Friday. So I'll be on Facebook Live at 1 o'clock tomorrow doing uh, my calm in the midst of the storm. Okay. Um, and and that's, you know, so that's the, that's the one question that you want to ask yourself. And um, also, uh, for instance, you want to be healthy, you want to be calm, you want to be proactive in your life as, of, as opposed to reactive, right? I mean, as business people especially, we want to feel like we're in control of our day, that we know what's, what's coming to the best. I mean, you know, of course, life always throws uh, curveballs at us, but, uh, you know, that you're prepared, that you feel like, okay, I'm going into my day. I know what I have to do. I'm excited. I'm, I'm really uh, engaged. I know what's, what what's going to happen, and I have this, this, and this to do. And, you know, so, so we, feel, we feel really good about uh, beginning our day. And well, I, again, I'm looking at your subject of turning on your master switch. In the morning, though, do you find that it's best to just turn off some, a few things, like turn off technology when you first wake up? Don't, don't go right to the phone. I know those mornings that I pull up my phone and I start reading you know, the emails or reading the news feed, I can feel my body starting to rev up. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's so not right. necessarily the best way to nurture yourself first thing in the morning. No, it isn't. I, I agree. You want to turn off all the noise, that external stuff, and turn on. What, so what's your master switch is really what you're asking me. And your master switch is your connection to the divine, whatever, however you want to conceive of that. Okay. You know, and everybody will see that differently. So I'm, I will never tell anybody, I will never specify how, that, how you would see that. But it's definitely, the way I think of it is, it's my connection to that which is greater than myself. So if you call it God, you call it universal consciousness, uh, uh, however you want to conceive of my connection to that something greater that we're all part of. And I think once once you have a sense of that, that you're part of something, uh, you're a, a, a a, a, a really essential part, just like um, a car has to have, um, I'm trying to think of a part, I mean an engine, of course, right? A car has to have an engine. It's not going to go anywhere without an engine, but it also needs tires, and it also needs, um, I don't know, all those other gizmos under the hood, right? It needs uh, batteries and stuff like that. So all of those parts are essential to a car operating properly. And that's us. 
especially as business owners. We are all essential parts of this greater thing, whatever you want to call it, life with a capital L. And so it's up to us to learn how to be the best part we know how. And that's where the morning exercise is so essential. So if you want, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about how, you know, what that is, and we can you know, just get, get, give some ideas to people to get them started. Please do, because we all need to get away from the busyness and hustle and bustle and start our day off in a really calm, peaceful way. So please exactly. go ahead and, and explain to that to, to the folks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, have you ever noticed when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you do before you even get out of bed? Well, I say a little prayer, but most people probably okay. no, don't well, do that. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's great. Um, but um, I'm thinking in terms of just you know, waking up and then the first thing, you, your body just naturally wants to stretch. Right? right. You don't stretch. You kind of like wiggle around and, you know, kind of loosen up a little bit. You know, you, you've been sleeping in bed all night. So, so there's, a, there's a, um, a basic physiological need to just kind of stretch our bodies. So that's the first step that because um, we we're, we're multidimensional beings, right? We're, we're a body. We're a mind. We're a spirit. And so all of those things have to be addressed in order for us to find our calm center. And so that's the very first thing is that, is that stretching, you know. And, and when I do my program, uh, I have a, uh, a whole series of different stretches, and you pick the ones you want, you know, because everybody has different feelings about what feels good and so forth and so on. But, you know, the idea is to, is to relax the body because, as you said, we want to we find that we want to start off calm, quiet. We want to start off in a place of receptivity to hear the guidance that, if, you, if, if this is okay to say, that God has for you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so, that's, so that's the first step. You get your body relaxed, and then you don't have to cross your legs. There's nothing about it. There's no, no posture. I mean, you can be lying down. I don't recommend that because you could go back to sleep, which is not what you want to do. So <laughs> I, 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 pu- I post up a bunch of pillows behind me in, in bed, and I get all nice and comfy, and I just sit, you know, sit, sit up nice and straight. So that's the first thing. The second thing is to uh, do some breath work, what I call breath work. And, and this has a, so many different great effects and, and uh, uh, benefits for us because when you do some deep breathing, everybody, you know, I, I jokingly say to people, oh, you think you know how to breathe. You, you really don't because most of us are breathing right, you know, right at the top of our, of our lungs. We really don't get our lungs fully inflated most of the time. And if you're nervous and anxious, well, then you're, you're hyperventilating. You're, you know, you're really breathing very shallowly and can make yourself dizzy and collapse, which we don't want that to happen. So, um, so deep breathing brings calm. It brings us into the moment, and it brings us to, our, to a place where we become more open and receptive, as well as it, it, by, sending, by taking that deep breath, it sends this great oxygen to all the little cells in your body, which is wonderfully uh, energizing. So with this, you're energizing your body, but at the same time, uh, you're bringing a state of relaxation. Kind of si- sounds funny, but that's actually what's happening. Well, no. and I'm, as I'm sitting here, I'm at my desk like many of us are when we're, when we're working or doing whatever, and I'm leaned over, you know? And as soon as you said breathe in, I straightened up my back, 
And I kind of opened up my body a little bit more, and I and that's relaxing to your lower back, and it just it makes so much sense. But we just get so wrapped up and closed up at our desks that you know this breathe in, and and I love how we put one of our our topics here is breathe in possibilities, that's breathe right. in the air, and then breathe in the possibility of what you can do for the day. So that's excellent. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. The first thing is the nurturing your body, you know, which I, uh, I didn't, I had put that down. But yeah, so that's the first step is the nurturing of your body by that stretching and, you know, and just getting everything, uh, all the kinks out. And then, uh, yeah, the breathing is breathing in the possibilities of by, by presenting yourself to that higher wisdom, you know, that we all have. It's available to us at all times. And this is how we prepare ourselves to receive it through the breath work that puts us in the moment. Because when you're breathing, you're, you know, you're, very often you're counting, which is how, how one of the breaths, one of the ways I teach breath work. So you're breathing in for a certain amount, and then you're holding, and then you're breathing out. And uh, so when you're doing that, you're not thinking about the past. You're not thinking about, oh, my God, that terrible thing happened. And you're not projecting into the future where you're saying, oh, good Lord, you know, what's going to happen today? Uh, you are, you're in the moment, which is, the place of all possibilities, because that's where our wisdom and guidance comes. So that's yeah, second. You're, you're, you're in the present. Yeah, living in the present. The present, right? And the present is a gift. Absolutely. <laughs> that's why the is the present. <laughs> right, right. Okay, so on to step three, and step three is follow the flow. Now, what I mean by that is, and this is the secret sauce, okay, of, of my morning practice. And that is having a pencil and paper, not your laptop, not your cell phone, a pencil and paper, a pad, whatever, something to write on, and have that by your side. Because what you're going to find is once you open up this, this box, this, this, this uh, willingness to, to be receptive, all kinds of wonderful ideas are going to flood in. And, or even it could be simply, oh, gee, I have to pick up the uh, prescription at the pharmacy or uh, whatever it is, you know, that, that you have that's, that's floating around there in your consciousness but um, not making itself present until you allow it, until you open up that space for it. So that's why the pencil and paper is essential because you're going to write that stuff down, whether it's a laundry list of things you have to do today, I have to call so-and-so, I have to go here, I have to write that report, whatever it is. Um, you know, to remind yourself of those things. Because once you have that list, just think of that. Isn't that fantastic? Now you know how to start your day. Wow, this is great, right? You've given yourself a few minutes to prepare. So you can go into your day feeling, ah, oh, this is great. You know, I know what I have to do, and, and I'm all set. Well, I, I, now, that is right? so true because I find myself, when I have those great ideas coming out, that if I don't write them down, my brain just starts getting busy and I forget them. Absolutely, that's right. Exactly. And then I'll then I'll you know beat myself up later on because it might be a story that I want to write or an article or something that it was really I thought brilliant, but poof, I can't remember. And then you know then senior moment pops in and I'm thinking, oh jeez, should have had that piece of paper. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. That's absolutely what happens. It happens to me. That's why I know I have to write it down. So, again, that's, that's the secret sauce here that's really going to send you uh, off on your day um, really feeling good. So 
that's that's the thing. And then, of course, the last step, which I, what I call is release and glow, and that comes from putting the pencil down, just really getting comfortable, feeling safe, feeling loved, knowing knowing that you are part of this incredible thing called life and you know your part in it and you want to you want guidance you want to know how can i be of service today how can i show up in my life so that everybody benefits including me you know this is not about uh, self sacrifice at all it's about everybody uh, gaining uh, good stuff so uh, so that's that's what this glowing because you're glowing you're glowing when you are in that space of receptivity and openness you are allowing yourself to let in that beautiful light of creativity, of calm, of, of um, uh, openness and receptivity to the good, in, the good that exists. So that's what happens when we do that, when that last step, which is to just let everything down, you know, put it all down, let it go, and just say, I'm here, tell me what to do, um, I'm open, uh, I'm listening, listening, that's the key. You, you glow through listening. I often say to my clients, I'll say, one of the greatest favors you can do yourself is to be a good listener. You know, w- there are times when we have to tell our, you know, our employees or our uh, colleagues or whoever, we have to discuss things with them, of course, but it's, you will gain so much knowledge and so much cl- clarity when you listen to what people are telling you. How they feel, what they think, and you and and you grow. You can only grow from that. You can only find benefit when you are a good listener. Well, and I've always heard too that that's why God gave us two ears and only one mouth. Exactly. So, but I, I find too that when you start writing down that list, as long as that you do that last step of the release and glow, otherwise you get caught up in your to-do list. And sometimes mm-hmm. getting caught up in that thing, I got to do this and this and this, and I start checking them off. You know that's quite, quite frenetic in your lifetime, and you need to just let it go. You know, focus on what's the most important. And I love how you said, "How am I to be of service?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. Service gets you out of your "woe is me" state. You know, I have always found that when you're out helping others, when I am anyway, that my problems tend to be so much smaller. And that's tough when we're so isolated now and we're self-distancing and all that. How do you serve others when you're stuck in your home? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, God bless Zoom. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And Facebook, because as I said, I've been doing my Facebook Live for the last two months, I guess it is. Um, I was doing it actually every day. Uh, for for at least I think three weeks or so, and then I went back to my my once a week uh, on Fridays. But um, that was the way I got it very clear. One morning, again in my in my morning practice, I got it very clearly back in um, March uh, to to get on Facebook Live and um, come up with tips and 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 helpful ideas to help us through this time. You know, things you can do. Uh, ways to perceive your your uh, expe- this experience that we're all having, so that you can, you know, sail through it with uh, you know with with peace. And so that's what I was doing. It was a lot of fun, and and um, and I enjoy that. I really, for me, that's 
because I'm a talker. I mean, and, and if I, as I said to you, it's such a difference from how I was as a, as a young person where I was so shy that I, I would just, you know, go into the background and not say a word. And so today I'm, I'm delighted to talk because, you know what, it's not about me. You know, I, I don't, it's not about me. It's about the message. It's about what I know that I can share with people, and, and I know it's a benefit. So what could be wrong about that? You know, you want to you wanna share what you have, and as, as, again, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, as experts in our field, uh, it is so important for us to do that because that's what, I mean, we spent a lifetime learning this stuff, well, goodness sakes, you gotta, you got to share it. You know, so uh, find a way, whether it's doing a Zoom class, doing a Facebook Live, writing a blog. Uh, you know, there's just so many ways you can, you know, even though we're sitting in our houses and we can't, you know, we, we can't uh, go out there and hug people, um, but we can, we can certainly get the word out. Thank God for technology today. Well, you, when we were talking earlier, you said that you, you actually have a gift for our listeners. There's a, would you like to go ahead and tell me what that is? Oh, yeah, certainly. Uh, actually, if you go to my website, which is simply uh, marciagrace.com, that's M-A-R-C-I-A-G-R-A-C-E.com, uh, you will find my ebook, which is called The Three Ways... Uh, we keep our problems, business and personal, and how to let them go. It's a pretty, it's a pretty um, intense discussion of problems, and uh, I think you'll find it really eye-opening, really eye-opening. So you can find that there on my website. I also have a guided meditation there that you can listen to, and. That's something I started doing. I have so many guided meditations, which I'm trying to get up on my YouTube channel so that I could share them with everybody because I've been doing them for so many years. I always start my Course in Miracles classes with, uh, with a guided meditation. So there are many different topics, you know, um, you know health and, and just uh, positive thinking and just, oh, oh, a million different things, family things and all that, all that kind of stuff. So um, I'm... I'm, I'm working on that. That's that's a that's a work in progress. But um, uh, so that's that's uh, that's available at uh, also marciagrace.com/slash/guided-meditations. And so, you you also uh, you do webinars. Are you do you have one coming up? I do. Thank you for asking. Yes, uh, I will be doing a webinar. Uh, I, ha- I haven't firmed up the date yet because um, I'm, uh, you know, working with my uh, VA. So uh, we're we're planning it uh, should be in the next couple of weeks, and it's going to be turning on your master switch for peace and calm. And uh, that's what we're going. We're going. I'm going to go through again the uh, four steps that I talked about today, and help help people, you know, with questions that they might have about uh, how they can achieve that. So uh, yeah, so I'm excited about that. And if again, if you're interested, you can just uh, drop me a line at mg at marciagrace.com and say I'm interested, and I'll put you on my list. So uh, that would be wonderful. Well, uh, that's great. And we're going to do something a little different today because I'm learning technology as we go on. We have um, listeners on who, if anybody has a question they would like to ask Marcia Grace. Um, we're, you can dial in star six, and that will put you in the queue. Now, I've got to change this a little bit. 
if it works. So if anybody has a question, they want to come in, go ahead and push star six. And that will put you in the queue and you can talk directly to Marsha Grace or to me. Um, Marsha Grace, I, I just I want to say one story because I love to have, hear people's stories of, you know, when they were younger, if there was something that happened to them that they hid behind, um, that with time they opened up and shared it and it has changed their lives. Is, has there been a time in your life that you would be willing to share um, that can show us how we can move on from those things that we struggled in? Yeah, well, I, I think, I know when I heard your story, I was just floored, absolutely floored, and, and so appreciative, and I just have oodles of admiration f- for you, because um, it's hard, it's hard to share that those vulnerable places of ours, and, and it's, it's sort of like this exposure, right? Oh my God, what do people think? And, uh, and yet, when people do share their stories, uh, I think there's a, heart, a pouring out of uh, love and, and understanding because we've all been through stuff. I think I alluded a little bit to it about being very shy as a child and was one of the reasons, I guess, that I got married um, because I just feel that I needed a protector. You know, I really didn't know how to negotiate through the world. And unfortunately, uh, the man that I married, not that he was a bad person at all, but he wasn't really suited to me you know, to my personality, and although we were married for many years, um, I, was, I was really not a happy camper, you know, it was not, a, it was not, um, it was not good, and so I, I, you know, I began to, I, I found a very fondness for um, Manhattans, ever heard of a Manhattan? <laughs> mean the drink? Yes, exactly. Yeah, one of my father's favorites. <laughs> right. So uh, at night after dinner, um, because I was with this man who really didn't seem to be on the same plateau that I was, um, you know, we'd sit in front of a TV, which is something I, to this day, I, I don't do. I just never do. Um, but we would sit in front of a TV, and I was bored out of my mind, but I didn't know what else to do. So I just decided, well, I'll make the bottle my friend. Yeah. And um, I spent, not, not that I was, an out-and-out alcoholic, but I, I was really, really depending so much on uh, on that to soothe me and to ease me, and that's why I'm so grateful today that I found a way to find that soothing place, to be soothed, to soothe myself uh, in, a, in a way that's positive and uplifting rather than, because, you know, when you wake, you wake up the next day and you've got a headache and, you, and your mouth is dry and, and you feel nauseous, you know, I mean, it's just no way to live. So uh, when I had to get up with my kids the next morning after having three Manhattans the night before, uh, I didn't feel so good. And, um, yeah, it it took me years to to get past that. And one night, actually, we went away uh, because my husband was a skier. And that was was one of the things. It was a big difference between us. He was was a very action-oriented person. He skied. He played tennis. He uh, rode horses. I mean, he did all kinds of things that um, you know. He was just constantly active, and and that was just not me. You know, I, I'm the bookworm. So um, we had a little um, cabin uh, upstate, so that we would go there in the winter, and the you know, kids would ski. And but I, I I didn't ski. I wasn't a skier, so I'd sit in the cabin and read, of course, and. 
that one night we went up there. We didn't have the kids that weekend, and I was just so upset. I said, what is my life like? This is horrible. I'm living with this man. Not that he's bad, but he's just not, there's no love here. There's no, there's no communication. There's no caring and, and, and sharing. And I, I just, my heart was breaking. I, I was just so unhappy. We got out of the car, and uh, he started to walk into the, you know, the little cabin. And I, I said, I'll be in in a minute. I was just, I was on the verge of tears because we had just come from dinner, and it was the usual conversation, oh, he's going to do this and he's going to do that, and I'm listening and I'm going, ugh. And, you know, so, and I started to walk in the snow. Was, there was beautiful snow on the ground, and I looked up at the stars and I said, God, help me, help me. What, what should I do? I, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm, I'm just so miserable. And I got dizzy and I probably had a couple of drinks at dinner, and uh, I, fell on the, I fell on the ground in the snow, and I just laid there and cried and cried and cried. And it just goes to show you, did he come out and look for me? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what he thought I was doing, but, he, you know, it didn't seem to occur to him that maybe he should look for me. But anyway, so I was on the ground, and um, suddenly... I, I felt this energy around me, and it was the presence, and I have to, I, I, you know, this may not be for everybody, but I, it, it really, for me, it was the presence of angels. I had two angels who were surrounding me, and I felt so completely and totally loved and cared about in that moment. And I heard this voice internally just say to me, you're beautiful, you're fine, you have great things to do, get up off the ground and you're going to live the rest of your life. You know? And there was a whole further conversation I had with these angels, but, um, but it, was, it was the turning point for me because now I knew that I had my place, so to speak, and that I would figure it out. I would have help figuring it out. And, um, yeah, so that was... Oh my God! That's and the angels are still with me today. As soon as I, I just, I just got all, you know, joyful because as soon as I thought of them, I could just feel them hugging me right now. Yeah, that's that's so important. One of my first guests was um, Angela Hoover, an attorney from the Nashville area, and she was named Angela for angels, and she she talks to the angels all the time. And so do I. I you know, after after my husband died, I had running conversations. With, with him and with others, um, you know, people probably, you know, if they saw me, they probably thought I was nuts. But it's very um, heartwarming to know that we're not alone in this in this world in this eternity, and uh, you know, they're out there watching over us. And and I I know that um, I know that for myself. So I really appreciate your story. And then the follow-on to that is, did you end up believing him, or did he? We're no, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> you say that he, you're, are you still married? Uh, we were married for 42 years, and he passed uh, oh, a few years ago. Um, but I, as I said, he wasn't a bad person. He let yeah. me do whatever I wanted. I mean, it was just he. His attitude was, "Hey, I'm doing what I want. You should do what you want." And, and so there was no problem there. there and you go. Um, and and it was I felt you know in the, again you know you hate to break up a family I had two kids and I I didn't want to cause them uh, discomfort which I don't know if it was the best thing but anyway that was my decision to stay with him because again I had um, 
I had resources. I mean, I was able to do things. I became involved in uh, various organizations. I was the... Um, uh, when my kids were still young, I was uh, running um, a couple of uh, organizations for uh, charity work and a place called Abora Heart and Lung Center. And you know, just, I just did a, a lot of different things. Uh, and in the meantime, I started teaching A Course in Miracles, which has become my, is my, life, my, life, um, my life's teaching. And, um, but then I started writing and uh, so forth and ended up going to um, seminary and becoming a minister. So I spent, when that happened in 1995, that was really interesting too because I really didn't know what I wanted to do as, as, an, as a minister because we, we were independent. I mean, there was no structure as to what you did once you were ordained. It was really up to you. So various people in, in our class um, went off to work in soup kitchens or work with, uh, in prisons or work in hospitals and different things, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. So, but I ended up doing weddings, uh, which be, happened because one of my uh, sibling seminarians uh, had started doing weddings and um, c- couldn't do a particular wedding. And she called me. She says, "Can you do this wedding? Because I can't do it." And so that started me off on my uh, uh, wedding ceremony uh, career, which I did for 20 years. And uh, I'm not doing it now. I mean, I will if someone asks me. But I. Um, uh, you know, I've I've, I've go, gone on to do my writing and other things. So, uh, but but it's been it's been an interesting experience, and um, I'm very grateful that those angels are with me. I feel so blessed and so fortunate uh, that they have really encouraged me to find my voice, to find my place, and and give me the answers as to how I can help uh, in, in the way that's best for me, you know, that, that I can offer. So I think through um, the great wisdom of A Course in Miracles and through um, life experiences, I really have uh, so, so much to offer people because I see the difference in me. I see how it's changed me from this nervous, uh, shy creature to someone who has a message to share and, and the desire to be of help to other people. So it's a huge transition that I've made, and, and uh, I, can't, I don't even recognize the person who I used to be. I really don't. Well, I'm really grateful for you sharing that because I think all of us, you know, especially if you've been married a long time, at some point in that marriage you become roommates in the same house, and <laughs> you can yeah. either grow separate from each other and then split up at the end or try to reconnect with either your, your partner or yourself, and you know, you've found such great things to do uh, since then, and have experienced life in such a joyful, joyful way. And I, I look at your pictures that I put up, and, and the one is, you know, just you by yourself. And then I love the one where you're standing in front of the ocean or the or the, the bay or somewhere with your arms just stretched out, looking up to the heavens, and the sun's <laughs> shining. It's a beautiful, look, maybe even cold day up there. But just, you know, opening up to who you are and to the world and just saying, hey, here I am, use me, um, in a positive way and, and all those negative things that you could have turned your life into, you know, or the, the, the negative thoughts you had because of he wasn't taking care of me, he wasn't doing this. I mean, you can put a lot of blame on your significant other. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It all comes down to you collecting yourself and being in control of your choices and your control and realizing that you can't change that other person. 
um, they need to change themselves. Um, mm-hmm. And we can right. only change ourselves. We can't change them, and I found that out through life and through children. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm grateful for that because, honestly, you know, I've had friends that have tried to change me in certain ways. I'm like, hey, I'm the adult. Leave me alone, you know. And well, you basically right. turn into a three-year-old <laughs> and have a tantrum say, give me, give me a break. Leave me alone. So I really appreciate your your turning on the master switch. I, I understand it now so much better than you know, before. Um, mm-hmm. And nurturing your body, breathing in those possibilities and, and just, putting away the busyness in life, finding a little bit of focus, finding some purpose, and then letting it go, releasing the to-do list to the universe and saying, what's the most important for me today? Absolutely. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And, um, again, everybody, you can reach Marsha Grace at marshagrace.com. Go there for your your e-book. And to find out about the classes that she's teaching, the webinars that she's going to be doing in the future, watch her on Facebook, Facebook Live on Fridays. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're up, are you up in New York? I am. I'm on Long Island. And that picture that you mentioned is uh, Long Island Sound because uh, I am blessed in that I'm uh, just a couple of blocks away. And nice. I, I, that's my daily walk uh, when the weather is good. I, um, of course, we're waiting for warm weather here on Long Island. It's like May something in the middle of May, and we still, we're still wearing winter coats, <laughs> which is pretty, uh, pretty frustrating when we want to be outside, especially since we're all stuck, stuck at home. Um, well, that's, that's why I moved out of Vermont many, many years ago. Yeah. Oh, boy, Vermont. Yeah, for sure. So, Very yeah, fun. Yeah, well, so that, that's Long Island Sound, and it's... Uh, that's beautiful, beautiful. It is. I, I go there every day, take pictures of the sunset. If you, if you look on my Instagram, po- uh, uh, Instagram page, um, I, I post my sunsets and, uh, you know, just the pictures of my neighbors and stuff because I'm really blessed, you know. And that I, this is another thing that I'll say to people, you know, now that we're sitting around at home, um, we can't get close to people, at least I hope you're not getting too close to people, but we certainly can go out for a walk and, uh, and visit with our neighbors if you live in that kind of a community and, um, and say hello. I mean, there's just, I mean, there are people who are hurting out there, and just a smile from you, if you're in your right head and you can offer someone a smile, you'll both feel better. You know, everybody will benefit from that. And, and it's just, it's, you know, you're getting fresh air, you're, you're exercising, and, um, and, and it's, it's just it's a win-win for everyone. So I highly recommend, you know, if you, if you can do it, to get out and meet your neighbors and say hello. And everybody's out walking their dogs. And it's, I can walk to the beach, which is fantastic. But it doesn't matter where you walk. It just matters that you get out there and, um, again, share, share. That's the secret. The secret is to share whatever you have in the moment with another, with another human being. And everybody benefits from that. Absolutely true. And I'm going to bring on right now, uh, I like to bring on uh, Dr. Tim McGinnis, who's the founder of SCARS, which is the Society for Citizens Against Relationship Scams. Tim is down in Miami, and he and I work together um, in an international organization that primarily deals with women that have been through a romance scam or some sort of fraud in their lives who have shut down and turned off their master switch uh, mm-hmm. And are are alone, and right now in this self, you know, sheltering uh, arena, um, are not around peaceful people. Typically, they might be alone. And so, Tim, are are you there? Oh, I think I have to unmute Dr. Tim. That's my fault. 
Okay, we're learning. Oh, Tim. Yeah. Tim, are yes, you there? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? I can. I kind of muted you. But, Tim, you know, we, you know, I've been talking a little bit in the past about what are the kinds of things that our victims can do to find some peace in their life? Marsha's given us some great things to do, but what do you, what do you see? What, what are some tips you can give to our, to our community online? Well, I think speaking from a variety of different directions, the concept of meditation, of spending quality time with yourself and, and taking the experience out and looking at it from a variety of different angles is essential to really understanding and accept what has happened. As you know, Debbie, unfortunately, we can't help everybody because only about a third of, of social engineering scam victims really can recover health, uh, healthfully from their experience. A third remains trapped in some form of denial, and some of them in very severe denial. And others lose themselves to anger, rage, and hate. So any methodology that allows people to calm and sort of relax that fear and anxiety that grips them after the period of the scam, because as you know, Debbie, this is a highly traumatic experience. You go through stages of grief while at the same time dealing with the actual trauma very similar to what soldiers can experience and, and results in the development of PTSD. So one of the techniques that we recommend is the issue of being able to tell your story, which you, you both touched on. And maybe Marcia can speak more about how you begin that process of unlocking yourself so that you can begin to tell your story to others how you, you get to that point. I myself am one of those rare people who's both a Buddhist and has the ability to clear my mind. Of course, there wasn't much in there to begin with, but <laughs> be that as it may, um, maybe, Marcia, you could give the scam victims who will be listening to this podcast, uh, to the show, some specific techniques when they're in that state of fear and severe anxiety and trauma, how you can take those first steps both to share your story and achieve inner peace. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yes, I, I would, uh, thank you for asking that. Um, I think the very first thing to do is to just stop. Stop. Just sit in a chair and just stop everything and just get a grip you know in other words just to just to become uh, I mean I did give the other steps but I think even prior to that we want to acknowledge ourselves and what we're experiencing until you can really confront your fear your anxiety your stress and say wow I need help I need to I need to do something I need to change this pattern of thinking in my mind nothing's going to change so so that's the first thing is to just stop and, 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 and just say, okay, you know, and maybe this is helpful. Not everybody can do this, but I know this helps, again, as part of that writing idea, which is to write down what you're feeling. 
Just sit there and write down you're angry, you're upset, you're, you feel abused, you feel used, you feel, uh, you know, the world isn't fair. All, all, all whatever thoughts are, are coming out, just write them down and, uh, and, and get it out there because then you, can, you have something you can look at and you can say, all right, now I know what I'm dealing with. Now I know where, where my work is because it's work. It is work. It's, this is not easy. And, and I love what you said about, you know, how many, how only one-third of uh, victims who, who go through this uh, fully recover, and that's, that's a horribly sad statistic, doctor, really. I mean, that's so sad. Um, but but I, I'd like to see that number increase, and I think you can if, if you take that first step of just admitting what you're feeling. And, Debbie, can I ask you a question? When Absolutely. this first happened to you, did you, did you, were you able to address the situation? I mean, at very first. I mean, were you able to say, oh, my goodness, look what happened. This is what I'm feeling? I said it to my parents. I said it to the FBI. And then when they shut me down and couldn't help, I closed up for years. There you go. Okay, exactly. So that's, that's where we have to trust ourselves. It's really about learning how to trust ourselves that we're worth it. You know, there's a sense of I'm worth figuring this out. You know, Marcia, Marcia, uh, Debbie just touched on something that's really important, which is many of the victims, if not almost all of the victims, go through stages in the very early moments after the scam. And it's tremendously important the reception that they get from their friends and family And that's one part of it. The other part of it is the reception that they get from law enforcement when they report these crimes. Debbie and I yesterday were were doing a presentation uh, by SCARS to law enforcement agencies around the United States on an organization that we participate in. In other words, we're a partner of the Department of Homeland Security. So I gave a presentation yesterday to guide law enforcement around the United States and actually the world on the interaction, on that initial conversation that law enforcement has with scam victims so that they don't walk away like Debbie did and like so many do, completely feeling disempowered, feeling rejected, feeling um, uh, blamed or feeling uh, ridiculed when they have their conversation with law enforcement to report these scams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 that, that's it. And so what do you do with that, you know, when you're feeling completely useless and, and, and unheard? I mean, it's, it's, it's a horrible place to be, and yet all of us have that ability within us to, to pick ourselves up and, and, and notice what we're feeling. That's why I say getting in touch with the feelings is, is so essential um, and then the second step is trusting that you have, you are entitled. There's a lesson in the course that says you are entitled to miracles. And what that really means is you're entitled to, sh- to, to shift your perception from, a, from being a victim to being, to being in control of your life. It's, not, it's, a slow, it's a slow progress for most people, but at some point, it's like, like, like Debbie, what you were saying about, you know, what was that thing? that shifted you, that turned you around. And usually we have to hit bottom before we can pick ourselves up and move ahead. And um, so, so that dark night of the soul kind of thing um, happens for, for most of us. But the key is to know you won't stay there. 
That's only, it's part of your journey, it's part of your process, and you are going to get past this. You are going to find help. You deserve to have help, and it will come. You have to trust that. Is that helpful? And the hardest part about that, too, is the trust part. Because in a relationship scam, your trust has been decimated. And you don't know who to go to. You know, I thought I trusted the FBI. And when they said, we can't help you, I'm thinking, well, how can the FBI not help me? And so I, I question everything. Fortunately, I had my mother and father. And they're, they're still my greatest supporters today. It's been 10 years. And they, you know, they trusted me um, mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. move forward. You know, they might have kicked me in the pants a few times, but they're mm-hmm. there to hold my hand. And I think that's the greatest thing for anybody that's been a victim of anything is to become a survivor and a thriver is to realize that you're not alone, that there's somebody else out there that has been through what you've been through, and you just have to find them because once you've got someone that you can hold, hold onto their hand and realize that they've been through it, so it's okay, now I can, I can go through it and, and find hope and joy again. Um, when you get someone that, when, when I speak out to, to women particularly, and I, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking to the people that think, oh, gosh, Deb, you're stupid, you shouldn't have done that. I'm speaking to the one woman in the audience that says, oh, my goodness, that's my story, and I'm not mm-hmm. alone now. And now she can move forward one step at a time. That brings me great joy. Of course. And same with you. You know, when you're able to show somebody how to flip, turn on their master switch and realize they're not alone in life, that they've got a creator or whoever they want to, whatever they want to call it, that divine in them, we're all divine, um, that brings great joy if you just trust it, listen to it, and move forward. So... Thank you so much today, Marcia. Thank you, Dr. Tim, for being here. Um, Thank you for those that have listened to the show and that will listen to the show. We have great information here. Again, if you want to contact Marcia, please go to MarciaGrace.com. See everything she's got. Um, This episode has been sponsored by BenfoComplete.com, a vitamin supplement company that supports happy and healthy hands and feet. I want to thank everybody for listening to Stand Up and Speak Up. If you or anyone you know has been a victim to fraud or scam, please have them report it to anyscam.com or ic3.com. And then remember to join our Facebook group called Stand Up and Speak Up because we have special information and you can get replays to this. I want to thank everybody again for being here today. We'll see you all, or we'll talk to you all next Thursday at 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye now. Thanks so much. Bye, dear. Thanks a bunch. Okay.